This episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm not in the studio. I'm recording this from the car. But what I wanted to talk about today in this episode has to do with the advantages of being familiar with new developments and being familiar with the different types of hardware and software that we have. Now, as a DJ, we all start somewhere. And in my days, you didn't have any options. You started with turntables and vinyl because that was what we had. Now, I'm very grateful for that because I truly feel that starting on turntables is the best learning school if you want to get into some turntablism. Now, for normal DJing, I won't say you need to start with turntables. I don't think that's necessary. You can learn the basic techniques on anything. You can even learn basic turntablism techniques on any device. But when it comes to that true feeling for turntablism, you want that spinning platter. That makes all the difference in the world and it gives you a unique perspective and insight into movements because you're reacting to a platter that's moving and you physically have to bring it back a certain point to let it go forward again. And I found that using that has helped me out tremendously when I started to use those techniques on a controller with a small jog wheel that doesn't move, I'm able to still work that because of the muscle memory and my hands, my arms knowing how to move that platter back and forth because of the stuff that I learned on the turntables. That's why if you see anyone perform like a ill turntablism type routine on CDJs or a controller, I'll bet you that that person was taught on turntables. Now that's not what I was wanna, what I wanted to talk about. I mean, it's part of it. I started by saying it's all about being familiar with more equipment. So I started out on turntables. Some of you will start with just DJ software, maybe even just a DJ app on your phone. And after that, you'll probably get a controller or maybe you had a set of uh, CD players, media players, not like the CDJ 2000s, but there's more equipment out there. And um, you start somewhere. And for some of you, you're gonna stick with that same equipment because that is what you feel most comfortable using. And there's nothing wrong with that. We will all have our preferred setup. For me, it's gonna be turntables or at least moving platters. So I'll choose two turntables, MIS-9 with Serato over a lot of other setups because I feel most comfortable playing with that. But I found out a long time ago that it pays off to know your way around a lot of different equipment. Especially when I first started out, I had turntables now my first mixer was by a brand called Electo. It is uh, definitely not a DJ brand, or at least they made DJ equipment. I think they made all sorts of electronical appliances and that mixer was crap. <laughs> it really was. It was a two channel mixer. It didn't have EQ, you just had a gain on top of your channel fader and it did not have a crossfader. So yes, it basically was just a small device that would get the signal from both turntables and it would allow you to play with that volume and mix the two together. That was it. That's the mixer that I used to teach myself how to DJ. I even taught myself the basics of turntablism with that mixer. I was scratching using the channel faders 
and using the phono line switch. That's an old school technique that DJs used to use, especially for a transform scratch. You would use that little knob or, uh, or lever to uh, switch between line and phono, which would basically cut off the signal and give you that same effect as the transform scratch. I also learned how to backspin with that. That's gonna be a little bit hard to imagine if you don't see it because normally when people backspin, DJs backspin, they're doing that with the crossfader, switching between channels. Uh, I did that with the channel faders. By teaching myself how to play with that, when I eventually upgraded my mixer and got myself a nice mixer with a crossfader, that was the most luxurious feeling ever. By the way, my first turntables were Technics turntables, but not the SL1200s. I had a SL, I think it was a 2310 and a 33-something. Those were belt drive turntables, and the pitch was not a slider, but it was a small wheel, a small wheel that you had to turn in order to uh, change the pitch. You had to look at the little light to make sure that you were playing at zero, and I mean, thinking back, to me it was normal at the time, but again, once you get your hands on upgraded material, so once I got my first SL1200s with a proper pitch slider, again, that felt like going from a bicycle to a Jaguar. That was, uh, that's amazing. When I first started to play at different places, so outside of the home, we all start out as bedroom DJs, but when I first started to play outside of the home, so we had a local youth center, I got to play there every now and then. After that, did stuff like play at some bars, whatever you want, uh, want to call it, just, just small venues. In all of those cases, I had to play on the equipment that was there. Now, the turntables were the SL1200s. I was used to that. But when it came to the mixers, I had to use whatever they had. Now, I upgraded from that Electo mixer with no crossfader, no EQ, and if I'm not mistaken, my next mixer was uh, from Newmark, and I cannot recall the type right now, but it was definitely uh, a step forward. This had like proper EQ, it had a crossfader. It was pretty good. I got into that, I got more into turntablism as well, but when I started to play outside of the house, a lot of times you would run into these gigantic mixers and a lot of venues over here uh, used to have mixers by a brand called Datek. Now they had the longest channel faders you had ever seen and a lot of those did not have a crossfader either and some would have a crossfader but it would not be in the middle right below your channel faders it would be more to the side. It was pretty awful if you're not used to that but that was what you had to work with so like I said you learned quickly that you're gonna need to be able to work with more than just the equipment you have at home. And that's part of the, the, the process of becoming a DJ. You're learning all these things by playing. I didn't have a mentor or teacher teaching me stuff like that, so I just found out when I started to play. So on the spot, you had to learn how that mixer actually worked. You didn't have any manual, so I, I remember the first time I ran into a mixer, I didn't know, it took me like 10 minutes to find out how I could actually cue my channels because I had no idea which button I had to push to get that done. I have to say some of those mixers were not as clear as a lot of mixers are now. It's pretty 
easy to find most functions on mixers nowadays. But uh, it took me over 10 minutes to find that. So the first couple of tracks I played, I had to do without being able to hear it on the headphones. But eventually I found it and made it work. So you, you get out of that comfort zone and you learn to adapt. And that's a good thing because learning that later on in life helps you out as well when you're doing gigs and you're coming into a venue and they have the mixer that you're used to but something happens to that mixer and now you have to play on different equipment. Since you've already done that in an earlier stage of your DJing career, you're not gonna go into panic mode because you know what it is to play on different equipment. Now, I like tech. I've always liked tech. I've always liked gadgets. I've always been a person who doesn't really look at the manual. I prefer to just grab some equipment and just start to play to find out how it works. And when it came to DJ gear, I was the same way. So I was excited anytime I saw like new equipment. So when in the mid 90s, Vestax came around and they came out with their line of actual scratch mixers and crossfaders where you could adjust uh, everything. And I got my first PMC 05 Pro. Absolutely love that. So like I said, I love tech anytime new mixers came out. And we went through a period where a lot of brands were coming out with all sorts of equipment. CD players were already in the club, but we're not talking about the, the, the CDJ type CD players. You just had uh, these racks and they were really small. They would just have like play and, and, and cue on a very small pitch and uh, you could load the CDs in. And some DJs would actually use that. Uh, after that, Pioneer came out with some of these top loader uh, CD players. So they had the pitch and everything, but you would uh, hit eject and the top would open up. You pop the CD in there. And I never switched to that, but during that time, I definitely saw that that could be used to our advantage as well. I was playing a lot with another DJ. By that time, we had our first access to music through the internet. And we had a couple of sources where we could find some brand new tracks that we couldn't even get on vinyl yet. So we would have our vinyl setup and all our crates, but right next to that, we would have two of these top loader uh, Pioneer CD players. I think they were called like CDJ 500 or something. I, I, I'm not sure. But we would find some tracks on the internet that were brand new that were not on vinyl yet. We would burn them to CDs and bring that and in between our vinyl sets, we would just pop that CD in to play some brand new exclusive tracks. So we saw the advantages of having extra or newer equipment. And I remember when that first proper CDJ came out, we used that for a project that I was part of, an album. I was part of a group that consisted of um, three MCs. One of those was the producer and I was the DJ. And for that project, I used that first version of the CDJ 1000 and we actually recorded some vocals in the studio, burnt those to the CD and I was able to cut with those vocals for some tracks on that album. To me that was some amazing stuff being able to just take our own voices and being able to scratch with that without having to go through the trouble of actually creating like uh, a dub plate which you could do on vinyl but those were never like proper quality. Um, you could use them a couple of times. Dub play is not the correct word, by the way. Um, I'm struggling to find the English word. I don't know if you call that a primer. I, I think you call it that. I know the Dutch word, but that does not uh, 
work in this sentence. But anyway, that CDJ would allow you to just record anything and have it, have it ready for use to scratch within a couple of minutes. Just say something in the studio, burn it to a CD, put it in a CD player, and start scratching. I was always a fan. I remember even back then, you had a lot of DJs who were not feeling that at all. Vinyl is the way to go. Anything else is not real. Now, look, this is definitely not going to be a discussion or a rant about what's real and what's not. I mean, honestly, I could care less what a lot of people feel is real or not. I've went through plenty of those discussions. I don't feel they're productive anymore, those discussions, and anyone should just feel free to do what they do. The only thing I have a problem with is if people try to tell other people what they can and can't do. If you decide that something is not real or that you're not a real DJ, if you use that, then don't use that and stick to whatever you feel is real. I'm perfectly fine with that. But as soon as you start to dictate what other people can use, then it becomes a problem. All right, back to the story. Like I said, I always liked the fact that tech offered you new possibilities because something like that really was not at your disposal to just record your vocal and have it on vinyl that same day. You couldn't do that. So I definitely liked that. And even though I liked that, I never took the time to truly test out those CDJ-1000s because in my mind, I was not gonna use those in the club. For me, that was like a great thing for the studio, but not something I would use to play. Now, of course, that was because of the spinning platters. I want my moving platters, and I don't really like the way that the CDJ feels. It is just a non-moving, that's the car, it's just a non-moving platter, and the feeling just wasn't the same. And that is still to this date the way I feel about it. There's nothing that compares to the feeling of a moving platter. But at that time, I did not really put in the effort to learn how to DJ with the CDJ-1000s, which of course I could have done. I, I understood how they worked. That was not the issue, but it was never on my mind that I would actually use those in a club. Now, I'm not gonna turn this into a total history, so I just wanna skip ahead now because in the meantime, I mean, I made the switch to DVS. All right, quick backstory. I started out with Final Scratch. That was what we had here in the Netherlands. We did not have Serato here at that time. I don't know if Serato, Serato wasn't out yet, I think. Final Scratch was a little bit earlier. Uh, Final Scratch was um, a collaboration between Stanton and Native Instruments but the actual uh, technology came from a Dutch company, a couple of guys in Amsterdam. They were actually the reason why we could not get Serato in the Netherlands for the longest time because of a patent claim or copyright claim, whatever you want to call it, that they had here for the Netherlands. So you were able to get Serato in the States, even in a lot of European countries, but you could not buy it. It could not be sold in the Netherlands. So here, a lot of people tried Final Scratch, and Final Scratch was not that great yet. So you had a lot of DJs that were actually open to try something new, vinyl DJs, because it seemed like a good idea to be able to play with turntables but have the music in a computer. But because Final Scratch didn't work that well, a lot of DJs thought that that was not a real option. They left that 
And when Pioneer started to really promote those CDJs thousands, a lot of DJs in the Netherlands switched to the CDJ. I think that's one of the reasons why it became so popular. Because in a lot of places, people started to use stuff like Serato, and here, most people switched to the Pioneer equipment. And of course, a lot of Dutch DJs were big DJs. We have a lot of DJs that uh, are just large on the world stage and have been for years. And a lot of those DJs were using the CDJs, so that definitely helped Pioneer out as well. But um, I eventually got my hands on Serato, never looked back, really felt that that was the one for me. Even though Tractor was out, I took a look at that. That just looked a little bit too much like Final Scratch, and I really felt that the look and feel of Serato was better for me. And again, as a note, I never stuck around to really check out Tractor to fully try it out. I found what I wanted to use and I stuck with that. So again, that goes back to the main topic and that is knowing your way around all sorts of equipment, being familiar with a lot of hardware and software. Even I'm guilty of just picking what works best for me and not really paying much attention to the rest after that. I was in a position where I could basically always play with what I wanted to play. Um, I made sure my tech rider was going all over the place. So I would have turntables. I was bringing my own Serato gear. So they only need to have the turntables ready for me. Sometimes the mixer, sometimes I would bring that, but that would work out for the longest time. But I also started to run into more gigs where it was definitely more convenient for everyone involved if I would not do the gig with turntables and Serato, but with CDJs. That's because, especially here in the Netherlands, in any club you go into, the standard is gonna be a set of CDJs. And I'll demand my turntables if I'm coming to play a full set. But I also do a lot of shows where I'm on tour or doing like live gigs with Brainpower out of Amsterdam. I've been touring with him for 20 years now. Uh, we've done over 3,500 live shows together. I used to do most of them with turntables, but now a lot of times, because we've been through that so many times, we would come into clubs and a lot of those clubs would not have a specific like large stage. So they would have a stage where the artist could stand, but in a lot of cases, the DJ would have to play from the DJ booth in the club. And a lot of those clubs would have like smaller DJ booths that already has CDJs in there. And all the DJs that were playing that night were playing on CDJs. So at first, when I was still demanding to play with my turntables, we would have to get a separate like DJ booth set up. I would have to bring in all that gear, set everything up. And I was doing that for a 20 to 25 minute show because a lot of these club shows aren't full shows. You're not playing for an hour, hour and a half. You're doing like a 20 minute set uh, if it's during a normal club night. And I don't just DJ for brain power, I'm the backup MC as well. So I'm spending a lot of my time uh, not behind the decks, but I'm on stage with him and we're performing together. I'm doing all the backing vocals and every now and then I'll get back behind the decks to start a new track and I have a couple of tracks where I'll do some scratches. Now I can do those scratches on a CDJ 2000 perfectly fine. It works, it works well. It's not the same as my turntables. If I was ever to do like a turntablism routine, I want some turntables. But if we're talking about doing some scratches, CDJ 2000 is just fine. At a certain point, I decided and we decided, look, 
In a lot of these situations, when we come into a club to do a short show like that, and maybe we even have a second show in a different location that same night, if we can turn that into an easy in and out situation, it will be uh, the preferred scenario. And if I use the CDJs, instead of bringing in an entire turntable set, I can turn that into an in and out situation. I can bring my flash drive with all the tracks, the instrumentals and the scratch sounds I need. I could pop into that DJ booth, the DJ that's playing before our show is playing. A couple of minutes before I get in there, I pop in that flash drive, uh, my headphones, and then I'm ready to start the show. So the build up time is zero. I'm ready straight away. So that is definitely convenient for us. Also for the venue, they don't have to set up extra equipment. It's all there. And when the show is done, the moment he says we're out and I just let the crowd make some noise, uh, give it up one more time for brain power, I can eject my uh, flash drive right then and there, take my headphones, and we're done. So we can be out of that club five minutes after the show if we want to. I could not do that when I was bringing the turntables and either the S9 or before that my 909 and the SL1, it took me at least like 10 minutes or more to get everything disconnected back into the flight cases, go back and forth two times to get all the stuff to the car or to the dressing room first. I'm perfectly content using the CDJs for that because like I said, it's a lot more convenient. But I had to make sure that I spent a little bit of time with those so that I could properly work with them. Now, if you've never used CDJs before, but you're using a controller, trust me, you'll know how that thing works within a couple of minutes. All you need to know is where you can find all the features that you use. Now that's gonna be your play, your cue, your hot cues, your pitch slider, maybe the loop feature, and then you're good to go. You're probably gonna have a better experience with the jog wheel than you have with your own controller because it's a nice jog wheel and it has a nice big screen with a lot of information on there as well. So it's not that hard. Now someone might have to show you for a second how you have to browse through your folders and you have to make sure that you prepare your flash drive and record box. Otherwise, it's gonna be an issue. And I've been there as well. <laughs> First time I played with the CDJ 2000s because um, that was the only option that night. I brought a flash drive, but I just had a lot of folders on there that I was using in Serato, and those folders were not prepared in record box. Now, trust me, the last thing you wanna do is pop a flash drive filled with hundreds of songs into a CDJ when it's not prepared in record box because it takes you forever to go through those tracks and you have no option to sort them by BPM or name or anything like that. That was a horrible experience. So that's the one thing you should definitely take care of before you play with CDJs. Uh, that is an advantage of, uh, advantage of that Denon player, by the way. If they have an SC5000 in the club and you come in with a couple of folders from Serato, or record box or tractor, if they've updated the firmware, it's gonna read that and it's gonna see everything you have and you can sort by BPM, you name it. Uh, so that's an advantage over those CDJs. But again, the moral of the story is I'm able to do that because I also know how to use CDJs. And you have to be aware of the fact that if you're using a certain type of equipment at home or even at your steady gigs, maybe you have some residencies where they always have the equipment you use, you're gonna run into situations where you might not be able to play on the stuff that you're used to. 
And that's why it would be so good to know how a lot of this other stuff works. Now, you don't have to know how every controller works. You need to know how the basics work on a device and they work the same on all devices. And if we're talking about club standards, it's gonna be CDJ 2000s and the Nexus 900. And if it's turntables, it doesn't really matter what brand it is, turntables work the same. So it's not like you have to learn every DJ device out there because most will work the same. They'll have a couple of features that might be a little bit different, but overall it's gonna work the same. But it's good to be uh, familiar with it so you don't have to find out how everything works when you get to a club. Now a lot of this information can be found just by looking at a couple of tutorials. They're gonna teach you exactly where you can find everything you need. So just look that up, take that time to at least be aware of how stuff works. That is one part of the story. Second thing is, a lot of us are content when we find something that works for us and we tend to not look beyond what we use because we feel that we're good. So like I said, Serato is my preferred software and for the longest time, I did not feel the need to take another look at Virtual DJ Record Box because Serato works fine for me and it still does. But you could be missing out on a feature that might be that one feature that could really enhance your sets or unleash your creativity. And that's gonna be different for everyone. So imagine if you were introduced to Serato, that's what you use, you've never used anything else. And you're not even aware of the fact that with Tractor, you have the option to play with stems, just to name one feature that you don't have in Serato. And if you have the stems of a track, and if you're not familiar with stems, when you're dealing with stems, you're basically dealing with a part of the song. And I don't mean like a certain section of the song, I mean a layer of the song. So for instance, you could have a beat and that beat could consist of drums, a bass line, keys or whatever, and maybe vocals. If you get the stems of that track, and you can't do that yourself, that has to be done by a producer and released by the producer. But if a track has stems, then you're gonna get one of those stems is gonna be just the drums. The other one is gonna be just the bass. The other one is just gonna be the vocals. In Tractor, you have the option to play a track, and while you're playing that track, you can just take out the vocals or take out the drums and just play one stem or a couple of stems or everything. And for some of you, that is something that, like I said, it might unleash a creative side of you that you were never able to use because you did not have that feature before. For a lot of you, that might not apply. I mean, I've seen stems and I never really got into it also because there weren't that many available. Uh, I think there's more available now but especially with the music that I'm playing, I have not seen a lot of tracks that were released that also had the separate stems available. So I never really got into that. I can imagine if you play certain types of house where you also make a lot longer blends between tracks, having stems could be fantastic and could lead to doing real creative mixes and long mixes where you can play around with stems. Use the drums of one track with the bass line of the other track instead of just doing a normal mix. Stuff like that could be exciting and could really motivate you as well, inspire you to try a lot of different stuff. That's just one thing. If you never look around, you might never even notice that. That's why I was happy that I was able to uh, install Tractor again to take a look at it again, because I wanna make sure that I'm as familiar with Tractor as I am with Serato. Now, I have a secondary motive, of course. I wanna be as 
informed as I can be so I can use that information to inform you because I want to bring value to you and the best way I can bring value is to educate myself and be very aware of what's going on and how stuff works so that if anyone asks me a specific question or some advice and let's say someone would ask me like hey I'm looking for a way that I can mix tracks but I want to use just this and that part of a track is that possible if I'm familiar with stems, I can tell them, hey, you can look at stems. So if you don't inform yourself, you won't be aware of that. So I'm trying to learn all of that. And the same thing with Rekordbox DJ. It's been out for a couple of years now. They had to really catch up. I mean, the first versions were okay, but they definitely had some work to do. They've updated a lot and it works really well. I'm not sure about the DVS part yet. I've not used that enough. But Rekordbox DJ works really well and it is quite similar to Serato. I don't want to let it hold me back from using certain equipment just because I want to stick to Serato. So even though Serato is still my main driver, that's what I go for. I've seen a lot of comments online, especially when I did the review of the DDJ-1000, where people were absolutely loving that controller, but the only reason they won't switch to that controller is because it is a controller for Rekordbox DJ and they use Serato. I think, I'm not sure, can't read minds, I don't know your knowledge, but I think in a lot of cases when people say can't use it because it's not for Serato, it's because they don't want to leave Serato because that's what they know and they haven't even properly explored Rekordbox DJ. Now I'm not saying Rekordbox DJ is better than Serato at all. That's not up to me to say I can compare the features and make up my mind how I feel about it. But you should at least try it, especially if you're using it with controllers. So you're not depending on the DVS capabilities, but just using it as DJ software for your controller. Your controller is the thing that you're using. It's going to just control the software and basically play the tracks and trigger the effects and all that. You should really compare to see if there's anything you're missing out on if you use Rekordbox DJ instead of Serato. Now look, Serato video worked or works a lot better than Rekordbox video. At first when Rekordbox video came out, even at the lowest settings with a high spec computer, it was still lagging and not working correctly and Serato video worked perfectly. So if you were really into video, I can understand that you're not gonna make that switch. But if you're just using Serato, or even Tractor for its basic features. So just to load your songs, play music, and control it with your controller, and maybe use a couple of effects. It shouldn't hold you back from switching to a controller that you feel is perfect just because it's using different software. At least you should try that software first. That's why I'm trying to make sure that I get familiar with all of it. I'm gonna be downloading, or maybe even buying, the full version of Virtual DJ. And a lot of people feel Virtual DJ is beginner software, but if you take a good look at, I think it's version 8 that they're at right now, VDJ 8, the full version, and you take a look at the features that you get with that DJ software, that is amazing. It is a lot. It's probably one of the most decked out DJ software systems you can get. It has a lot. Now, it's not the same as Serato, it's not the same as Tractor, it's not the same as Rekordbox. They're all a little bit different and you can always have that preferred version. But imagine if you can walk into any club, any venue, 
you just have a flash drive with your files there and you can get the opportunity to play a set right then and there. You're going to get paid great money. It's a great opportunity, but you have to play on whatever is there. Imagine if you just can't do that gig because they have CDJs and you've never played with CDJs before, or they have the perfect DVS setup, but it's not for Serato, but it's for Tractor. Imagine if the thing holding you back would be because you're not familiar with that equipment. That would be uh, a shame. Same for me. I want to make sure that I'm prepped to work with all of that stuff because I just want to be able to. Something could always happen where I have to switch and last minute play with something else. I recently did a gig with BrainPower where I was going to use the DDJ-1000. Now, I was going to use it for review purposes, but I've tested it at home. That thing is amazing, and I knew that was going to be perfect for that set. That was like a gala event, had a lot of celebs there. Pretty big, but when I got there, they had pre-made DJ booth with built-in equipment. Now, if you don't understand what I mean, I'm talking about a DJ booth where you actually have holes cut out that were made to fit certain equipment. So it's built into the DJ booth. You can't move it around. It is there to stay. It also means you can't take it away and put different equipment on that table. So that was a ready-made booth with three CDJs and a DJM 900. Um, not really close together. They had like a bit of space between all the devices, not the way I like to have it. But I was not going to be able to use that DDJ-1000 and I was going to have to use that DJ booth. Since I'm familiar with that equipment, I made it work. Even though it's not set up the way I wanted it to be, I was able to make it work because I'm familiar with the equipment and because I've used way worse because there's nothing bad about that equipment. I've used terrible equipment in my beginner days just because I had to. It teaches you a lot and it helps you out in situations like that. I really, really feel that's important. And especially nowadays, I know a lot of you just start with your equipment and you feel that you're good to go like that. I know there's also a lot of DJs out there that don't even have equipment and you just downloaded a bunch of music you downloaded record box you prepared that music in record box you just have flash drives and you basically only play when you get to the club and play and that's working for you right now but believe me for you as well you're gonna run into that situation where you get to a venue and all of a sudden they don't have the cdj 2000s but they have like the cdj uh I don't know what they're called, 350, 450. Like one of those basic models where you don't have all of that same information, you don't have all of the hot cues and everything that you're used to, and now you still have the DJ. Are you gonna be able to perform? I don't know. That's not up to me to answer, but it's something to think about. Man, that time went fast, man. I've been sitting outside of the house in the car because I don't want to walk outside. That's going to change the audio too much. But I'm going to end today's podcast right here. The message is pretty clear. And I hope you understand that there's definite advantages to being familiar with all sorts of uh, equipment and software. And just to have that information uh, might help you to make different choices when you get new equipment or when you're upgrading or just looking for a change it's always good to be aware of what's out there and what your options actually are 
So that's it for this episode of Share the Knowledge. This is episode 56, if I'm not mistaken. And like I said, it was a little bit different this time. I wanted to spend that entire hour or hour, that entire episode just to talk about one topic. And I want to hear your opinion. So leave that in the comments section uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast. So that could be on SoundCloud, iTunes, Anchor, um, Stitcher. There's a lot of different places you can find the podcast. If you use Android, uh, it was in the Google Play Store, still is, but they finally upgraded and they now have Google Podcasts. So you can find the Share the Knowledge podcast there as well. Uh, but wherever you, wherever you check it out, Leave me a comment. Otherwise, check me out on social. The handle is DJTLM everywhere. Uh, leave me a comment. Let me know how you feel about this format. Now, I'm not getting rid of the Q&As. Don't get me wrong. Probably the next episode is going to be strictly Q&A again. Or I might just mix it up and talk about one topic for the first half of the show and then switch it up and do Q&A. But um, how do you feel about me taking the time to talk about certain things longer? I know some of you hate it when I talk too long. I know others love it when I talk long. Uh, so let me know. Leave it in any comment section. Check me out on social, DJTLM, or check me out on YouTube, DJTLM TV. And you can leave comments there as well. Uh, if you have any requests, you can leave it there as well. Any questions. And you can also send me an email. That's DJTLMTV at DJTLM.com. I'm out. I'll be back next Monday with a new episode of the Share the Knowledge podcast. So shout out to all the listeners worldwide. I want to thank you for your continued support, and I'll try to do my best to give you as much value as I can. See you next time.